We're so glad that you're joining with us today at our online and Scottsdale locations. Here at Banner Church, we believe that all people can experience the freedom and power of a new life in Christ. So it's our prayer that you would have an encounter with the living hope and love of Jesus Christ at this service. Here at Banner Church, we value community. And that's why we make it so easy for you to get connected here today. So whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, we're so glad you're joining with us today. And we can't wait to see how God speaks into your life today at Banner Church. Oh, creation. 
There's nothing like running to the Father and falling into His grace. I love that wording because Jesus just accepts us with open arms. He says, I've bought you. I've paid the price. Receive my grace. This morning, we're going to end worship by taking communion together. And this is an incredible invitation that Jesus has for us. It was started that night when he was betrayed and he was uh, celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And he invites us into that moment together for generations and generations. He says constantly to do this in remembrance of him. And communion invites us really into three things, to remember, to reflect, and to rejoice. And so this morning, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, then I want to invite you this morning to come row by row to the front to grab the emblems and then return back through the aisle to your seat. So go ahead and come forward. I mentioned communion is an incredible opportunity for us to do three things first we remember we look back and we remember the price that was paid for us on Calvary well we've just come out of that season of Easter of remembering on Good Friday that Christ paid the ultimate price for you and I that we could run to the Father and receive his grace we remember the price that was paid Secondly, we reflect in this moment, Jesus, is there anything in my heart that would keep me from you? Is there anything that I need to lay at your feet in this moment in submission to you? And then finally, it is our opportunity to rejoice and remember that Jesus did not simply die on the cross and resurrected, but he is coming again. He is the victorious king. He will return in victory and evil will forever be crushed. So we rejoice in remembering that Jesus is coming back. So this morning, I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians as we receive together. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's receive of the bread together.
In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's receive of the cup together. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, we thank you so much that you sent Jesus to come and pay the ultimate price for us, to pay the debt that we could never pay. And that Jesus, you invite us into eternity. You invite us into relationship with you. You invite us into grace that we could have never earned. And Lord God, we thank you so much for that gift, that precious gift. Lord, we remember and we thank you. And God, we look forward to the future. We know that you are coming back and that you are the victorious King, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So God, we give you all of the honor and all all of the praise this morning in your holy and precious name. Amen. Well, amen. Good morning. Welcome to Banner Church. Before you sit down, would you turn around and greet your neighbor? Good morning and welcome again to Banner Church. I am so glad that you are here with us on this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. When you came in this morning, you should see in the seat pocket in front of you one of these beautiful orange connection cards. And I want to invite every single person to pull that out together, whether this is your first time with us or whether you're a regular attender, this is for you. When you walked in the doors, you maybe saw it or in our lobby, we have three very big, bold words printed up there. Connect, grow, serve. Say it with me. Connect, grow, serve. These are the three things that we want to invite you to do this morning here at Banner Church. First is to connect, and that is easy as simply as filling out this connection card, filling out your information, and then on the back you'll see that there is a spot for prayer requests and praise reports. Um, it has been so cool to see as we have been filling these all out together, uh, the prayer requests that have been coming in and seeing how God is answering those prayer requests, seeing both your prayers and then weeks later maybe your praise. We have an incredible team of people that praise over these with you. We want to join with you in believing and praying and asking God for the things that you are praying and believing for. So I really encourage you, fill out that prayer request today. And if God has done something amazing, I invite you, write it down and celebrate it with us as a praise. Uh, I also want to invite you, another great way to connect is by joining a small group. Yes. <laughs> if you've already signed up for a small group in this place, raise your hand. Come on, I love that. Our small group registration is open right now. Our new groups will begin in just a couple of weeks. But this is a really awesome way to get to know people in the church, to build friendship and relationship. How many of you know doing life alone is not fun? We need people in our lives who love us, support us, encourage us, and are praying with us alongside us. So I really invite you, sign up for a small group today. You can do that on Church Center, or you can visit us at the Welcome Center in the back after service. We would love to help you get signed up today. 
Secondly, we want to invite you to grow, whether that means saying yes to Jesus for the first time, recommitting your life to Him, or making that next step choice to be baptized. We would love to uh, encourage you along that journey, answer any questions you might have. So check that box if you would like more information on that. And then finally, I want to invite every single person to serve. There are so many incredible places and opportunities to serve here at Banner Church, both on a Sunday morning as well as out in our community. Every single Thursday night at 6 p.m., we go out and serve at what is called Love the Block. And this is, yes, woo, it is honestly so cool. I want to hear all the woos for that one, guys. Uh, it is so fun to be able to go out to the community that is just right here next to our building to pray with people, to love on them, encourage them, and be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. So I invite you, 6 o'clock every single Thursday, we meet here and then go out and serve. Whether you've never done it before or you've done it a hundred times, come back. It is an awesome opportunity to serve uh, our local community. But there's also great opportunity here on Sunday morning uh, on our guest care teams or kids teams. Yes, we love to have fun and love on others. And uh, I know it is such a blessing to other people when we serve, but man, it is a huge blessing to us. God blesses us when we serve by joining in on his mission. So I really want to invite you to do that. So connect, grow, serve. These things are so important to us that we're going to give you a moment right now to fill out this card together while we watch this video. I'm Gloria, and I enjoy small groups because I believe that we um, need to have authentic relationships. Um, not just relationships where we come on a Sunday morning and say, hi, how are you? And we say, yeah, I'm great. And then you go home and realize that you need some help. So in authentic relationships, you have people that you trust that can be there for you when you are going through tough times and who know how to pray for you and be in contact with you. We've gone through a really difficult time with my husband's health and I've had friends who were texting me um, on a daily basis and asking how I was doing, praying for me, praying specifically for the needs that we have. And I have been so appreciative of those people and their, their care. Relationships with people you meet with every week and you pray with are authentic. And that's where you're going to develop your family. Amen. I love that video, um, not only because I love the Weddles, they are amazing, but that is not just talk to Gloria. Um, you know, she talks about wanting to have authentic relationship and finding that in small groups. I know that she believes that because they attended a small group and then they really felt like God was telling them, we need to lead and host and give this opportunity to others to find authentic relationship and friendship. So they have an awesome group that is happening on Monday nights at 6 p.m in that Tempe Mesa area. Uh, so if you want good food and good friendship, I invite you to sign up for that small group, get to know them. They will love on you and feed you wonderful food. So really incredible opportunity there. But again, small groups are something that we are so passionate about. And we want to see every single person find friendship and relationship here at Banner Church. And I want to honestly thank you so much to every single person that faithfully gives here at Banner because it is part of your tithes and offering that go to 
support our ministries, that go to support small groups and make that happen every single trimester. So thank you so much for giving faithfully and generously to Banner Church. You can continue to do that by going to banner.church slash give, um, or you can drop that connection card along with your tithe envelope in the buckets at the doors at the end of service. Would you pray with me this morning over our offering? Lord God, we thank you so much for all that you are doing here in Banner Church in the lives of people. I thank you for people like Gloria who have uh, both received that relationship, that friendship, that gift, and God whose desire is to help other people have that kind of friendship and relationship. Lord, I thank you for the mission that is being met here at Banner, and I thank you for everyone who faithfully and generously gives to it. Lord, I pray that as we give in this offering that you would multiply it, and God, that you would use it to bring the lost and the hurting and the lonely into friendship and relationship and into the family of God. Lord, we love you and we give all of this to you in your name. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome. How's everyone doing this morning? Booting up my computer. What you might not have heard in that video, it was all really good. You'll have to come back to church again to hear it. Uh, is Man, the, it is really a blessing to gather together in community. And I really want to encourage you. Uh, I really want to encourage you to be a part of community because it, it's fun. It's fun to, to learn in, in rows and in, in, in the seats this morning and to worship together. But really, this Sunday morning worship is an expression of a community that is gathering and praising God in our day-to-day -day lives. And uh, small groups is one of the best places to do that. I know, um, yeah, the Weddells have a group Monday. I know Marcus and Melanie have a group Monday. There's some awesome groups, really all days of the week. So I'm really encouraged by that. Uh, but excited about what God has been doing. I hope you guys had an incredible Easter. It was a blast here. Uh, but I do have to say, I'm I haven't eaten yet this morning, so I'm very excited for post this service when I can eat some tacos. <laughs> aggressively hungry right now, uh, but excited. I probably won't hit the bounce house, uh, you know, weight limits and all, but, uh, but I'm excited for the taco part. That, that's going to get down. Uh, but above all the things I'm excited about, I am really excited to launch into this series called So Much More. And I want to encourage you over the next four weeks this weekend, I guess three to follow, we are going to jump into believing so much more for our identity, for our relationships, for our future through Christ Jesus. And I and I believe that through God, there is so much more than the world would have us believe often. And uh, there's an incredible possibility through Jesus Christ and just such a hope and a peace. So I Man, I, I really believe the next couple weeks are going to be a pivotal for that and a really pinnacle moment for you and your family. So if you made it a priority to come back after Easter, you didn't just do the CEO thing, Christmas and Easter only. Uh, I just, man, I, I really respect that. I love that you're here, and I believe God's going to bless your life. Um, how many people do we have here? You say, like, you're a dog person. You like dogs. You dog people? Awesome. I love dogs. I have a dog. I have a one-year-old yellow lab, and she is a doofus. 
She's crazy, uh, but I love her. She's fun. Um, she's a great hunting dog, but she kind of has two modes. You put her little orange collar on her to hunt, and she's like very serious. And then you take that collar off, and she's very dumb. <laughs> and that's her two modes, as dumb or serious. Uh, and, I, and I love it. Uh, she is, I don't know, she's just amazing. When I think about dogs, and I think that, you know, we have these like domesticated just former wolves running around our home. It just honestly blows me away. And they're so perceptive. Like, dogs are very perceptive. Um, but what I find interesting about my dog, Wendy, is that never a day in her life has she ever contemplated her identity. I am 100% confident that my dog has never laid awake at night wondering who she is or who she is supposed to be, right? She has never asked the question. She has never had to wrestle with how she identifies or who she identifies. She just goes right to sleep. Not a care, man, isn't that amazing? Not a care in the world, right? Just poops outside and eats a couple times a day and calls it good, right? Amazing. Uh, it's not, as amazing as dogs are, as amazing as they are as animals, there's no dog philosophers who are contemplating it and allowing it to spiral them into dark places, right? I did my uh, undergrad in philosophy, and I can tell you there are not a lot of recorded dog philosophers, but I will tell you that there are a ton of human philosophers that have been on this spiral because it is a profound element of the human experience to question and wonder who we are and what we're made for. I, it is fascinating to me that as humans, we are uh, uniquely gifted to ask this question, but we're also kind of uniquely burdened by it as well. And there's been lots of cultures that have explored that. You can go back to Socrates and Plato even before that in different ethics and different studies. And all the way up to the modern era and the postmodern era and all these things that we live in now. But I have to say, never has there likely been a more confused generation, a time when it comes to the idea of identity. It's amazing. We say that word more than any other generation and yet understand it and feel, I would say, less confident than every generation before us when it comes to this idea of identity. Who are we? What are we made to be? What are we meant to do? Who are we meant to be? And my heart really breaks, I think, because I feel like we are often in an identity crisis as a generation. By generation, I mean people who are alive right now, whether you're 16 or 60. And we have people that very confidently identify as different things. Very confidently outward. But we know statistically because of the rise of depression and suicide and self-harm that we are not a very confident inward people. And my hope today, kind of regardless of how you came in here or, or join us online, is that you would want more than an insecure identity for your life. Maybe you've never been in a church. You don't really know what I'm going to talk about next, or you're, you found us like a link. I mean, there's people who will find this YouTube link like six months from now just in that YouTube wormhole. You know what I'm talking about, right? So if that's you, welcome. Uh, how, how is it six months from now? Like, what new war is happening? I don't know, right? Who knows what's happening? Maybe there's peace. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is that my prayer would be that you would want more than an insecure identity 
because you were created so much for so much more than insecurity. But I like those big questions. I don't know if it's the philosopher in me uh, or the, the theologian, my master's in theology, but I, I, like, I like those questions of who are we, right? That, that's a good question. How do I find my identity? That's a good question. If you're asking these questions, I want to affirm that you're asking. That's good. There's big questions. This is a safe place for those questions. Where do I find my identity? But I think one of the most important questions is not how or where we find our identity, but where do we secure our identity? Where do I secure my identity? I can find my identity in all kinds of places, but where do, I, where do I secure my identity? Where is it solid? Where is it something I can trust and know without a shadow of a doubt? Amen, whatever that was. Where, where, do, where am I secure in my identity? So let's pray together this morning. Can we do that? Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together and to read from your word. And I pray that as we do this morning, you would speak to us and you would renew our hearts, God, and that we would see our lives change as we open up to your word and your truth in your name. Amen. Let me give you a couple ways. As we begin to ask that question, where do we secure our identity? Let me give you a couple ways, places we don't. Finding our identity in ourselves is not secure. Now, you can find your identity within yourself, but finding your identity within yourself is not secure. One of the biggest lies of the 20th century and kind of modern thought as it exploded into the world is that the best version of you is the most isolated version without other influences. It's just you and you and your person. And look within to find yourself. And that's a load of junk. Because we, we've seen in the trending of humanity and even postmodern thought that even the postmodern people don't believe that. That lasted like 20 years, and yet it's pervasive in our society that we see ourselves as kind of these individual units that develop our identity or secure our identity based upon how we feel individually. I was having a conversation with someone recently, and they were saying all these things about themselves, and I was like, why do you believe that about yourself? I, I mean, I was like surprised. Like, they were saying all these things and like, you know, confidently proclaiming these things that I thought were decently negative about themselves. And I said, what, why do you believe that? And they were like, well, that's how I feel. That's who I am. And, and I had a couple thoughts about that because feelings are real right? Feelings are important. Please don't ignore the way you feel, right? If you feel angry, you should be like, why am I angry, right? Feelings are real. Uh, did everyone uh, ever see that, that movie Inside Out? It's a great movie. All the different feelings, and you just like pick a color like red today. <laughs> feelings are real, but an important part of feelings is that they change, Feelings are very real, but they change. So they can be a place you find your identity, but I want to suggest they can't be a great foundation of your identity. They cannot secure your identity because by the nature of feelings, they change. And they're heavily influenced. 90%, 90% of your serotonin receptors, right, the things that affect your mood are in your gut. So that means when we say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, we literally mean that. <laughs> if you make him food, he will literally, like, physiologically like you more. 
Just saying, game plan. Like, you know, I never know. <laughs> All right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 90%. Now, men, that means we need to understand a lot of how we feel is influenced by that pizza we ate last night. Like, you know you shouldn't eat that pizza at 1 o'clock in the morning, but it called to you when you were up late watching Netflix. You should have gone to bed, but now you're deep in some old Papa John's pizza, and all of a sudden you're having weird dreams and waking up confused, right? That's how it works. Come on. Some of you, you've eaten some weird pizza that was in the fridge too long, and you had an off Tuesday because of it, and you're like, man, why do I feel so weird today? It's like, because, oh, like something was happening here, and it affected you. And now you can find your identity that way in your feelings. That's fine. But I just want to suggest that it won't secure you. It can't be a foundation because it can be influenced. I don't know about you, but my emotions, my mood are influenced by the weather. Uh, I, I grew up in Washington, and so there was a time in my life where I didn't see the sun for 125 days. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that influenced my emotions, right? When it's hot for like 8 billion days in a row here, everyone drives more angry. It's influencing their emotions, right? Or like normally this weather, you're like, oh, bless you, bless you, brother. Oh, yeah, just just hop hop in line. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. If it's been 110 for 110 days, you're like, if you cut me off, so help me. It might feel like hell here, but I will send you right. You know, <laughs> you know, you know that feeling. It's influenced. It's influenced, right? There's disorder, seasonal affect disorder, right? It's like, it's called SAD. The abbreviation is SAD. You've seen so much rain that scientists looked at you and said, you're SAD. <laughs> like, science has told you. We've done studies. You're SAD. You're like, I am. <laughs> I am SAD. So just imagine for a second that you were going to build a home. You're going to build a custom home. And you, and, and you get the custom home, it's finally finished, and the contractor looks at you and they say, hey, just a heads up, if it rains for 120 days, this foundation will crumble. You might be like, yeah, that's a pass for me. That's a no, right? Because by the nature of it being something I want to build on, it's got to be, uh, I don't know, not shaken by the weather, so we can find our identity within ourselves in the deep dive, and I, I just want to add this, didn't in the first service, somebody who studies philosophy, uh, those who went deep inside themselves rarely came out of it. But it's not securing, at least. The other thing is we, finding our identity in our context is not secure. See, the reality is that we are relational beings in the sense not of like, uh, I don't mean dating relationship. I mean that we develop our uh, identity in relation to the world around us. Our context, our desires, uh, people, relation, you know, literal relationships, uh, idols, God, you know, whatever it is, that's how we develop. Whatever you desire, you will become like. And so we actually don't develop our identity in a vacuum. You're like, I'm profoundly independent. Sure you are. Keep telling yourself that. But you actually develop in relation to other things. And if we stop looking in and we look out horizontally, right, we look out into the world, the problem is we can't, those things do build our identity, right? Your relationships build your identity. Your experience, like I said, I'm from the Northwest. That's part of my identity. But it can't be the foundation of my identity. 
because context changes. And if it changes, it can't be foundational. Relationships can't be found. They change, right? Relationships change. How often do we build our identity on relationships knowing, because we just had it happen, that people are imperfect and we could get hurt and relationships change and things might happen, right? And yet we build our identity on our relationships. We build who we are by the people around us. How about our jobs? I mean, in ministry, this is very prevalent, but also in, in most fields. We build our identity based off our job. If someone says, like, uh, introduce yourself, you'd say, like, hi, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Josh, and, and I do this. This is what I do for work. Now, that's part of your identity, but that can't be the foundation of your identity because, as 2020 has taught us, that could go away at any second. At any moment, that could be over. And then what happens when you lose your job or your job changes or, I don't know, let's just say you don't like your job anymore. Then you have a midlife crisis because you're like, I worked for this my whole life. I got a lot of student debt. I'm still paying off at 50. <laughs> and I don't even like this. That's confusing because though it can be part of our identity, it cannot form it. Because if you look out to the world, the world changes, but the world is also broken. Now, I don't care if you're here and you're here because a friend invited you. You're not down with the whole Jesus thing yet. You haven't discovered the hope and healing of a new life in Jesus Christ yet. I feel like we can still be on the same page that the world is not perfect. Right? Like, I don't care. I don't care who you are. I, I would be blown away if you're like, the world's perfect. Everything's great. It's going exactly according to plan. I mean, no one's plan because I don't believe in God, but no one's plan is going exactly according to. I might agree with you on that. It's, it's chaos, right? It's broken. It's broken. It's imperfect. Which means if it's imperfect, that if you look at it, you're not going to see a perfect reflection. If you're looking at something that is imperfect, you cannot find a perfect reflection in it. It's kind of like uh, those funhouse mirrors. Did you ever go to the carnival and they have those funhouse mirrors and they're like curved and wavy? Depending on what you stand, it might look like, oh, I got some muscles or oh, you know, got some, got some belly, right? Depending, you might, you might like the reflection, but it's always distorted, right? It's not perfect. It's a distorted reflection of what you should be. Have you ever looked into the mirror of the world? Have you ever looked into the mirror of social media? of television, of advertisement. Do you know that our, our world is built intentionally and advertisement is built intentionally to give you a distorted perspective that makes you dissatisfied so that you will purchase a product to hopefully undistort the perspective. It, it doesn't, but they want you to think that. Most people, and that's how, that's how marketing works, right? But it's always a distorted picture. And though it can form your identity, it cannot be foundational. Are you still with me? Though it can be part of who you are, it can't be foundational. Imagine building a house. So I'm going to build a custom house. And you get there, and they say, hey, just so you know, foundation's a little wavy. And a couple spots of it might break away. So be careful where you step, because it's always changing. The floor is always changing. You might come home tomorrow, bedroom's over here. You might come home the next day, there's a basement now. How many of you feel comfortable in that home? You wake up, you're in the attic? No, I don't think so. And yet, we build our lives, we build the foundation of our lives 
on those changing things. You can change the paint. You can change the furniture. You can change the trim and the doors, but the foundation has to be something that cannot change. Are you with me? It has to be something unchangeable, unshakable, which means for our identity to be secure, our identity must be built on a firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. See, the foundation of our identity is the Lord God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Why would I say that? You're like, well, it's your job to say that. True. <laughs> Isaiah 28 says, Therefore, says the Lord God, Behold, I'm the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. See, Jesus is the cornerstone of a firm foundation in God. And in 1 Corinthians 3, the writer says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. This is why Jesus is the firm foundation. Because feelings change, relationships change, but God does not change. God does not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is the rock of ages. He is the firm foundation. See, we wouldn't take a house where the foundation could crumble based upon the weather. I hope not. If you would, please come speak to me, and we'll talk about wisdom and code. <laughs> and we wouldn't take a foundation that shifted periodically based on the events around like, there's a war in Ukraine, and that means that my, my basement is now gone, right? We wouldn't accept that. We would want to build something on a firm, unchanging foundation that regardless of what hap is happening around us, that there is something solid that we have built upon. So the question is, how do we build on the firm foundation? Are you still with me? How do we build on the firm foundation? I want to read you a verse today. And if you're writing notes, just write the, the, the verse down, and then um, you can go look it up later. But I want to read this to you. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. Here's what he says. He says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on, what does it say? The rock. The rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall. Now sometimes the parables and the allegories are like, you really gotta get deep into the interpretation. This seems pretty straightforward, right? It's like build on rock, A-OK. -okay. Build on sand, not good right? <laughs> like at its fundamental element, like we get what rocks are, we get what sand is, and we, we think, yeah, that makes sense to me. If we were going to go camping in the desert together, and there was a big wash of sand, and then there were some rocky areas, and I was like, let's put our tents here. You'd be like, no, let's not, right? You'd say, let's put it on the rock, because if the rain comes, I don't want to die. I want a firm foundation, when the storms, right, of our life come, we're not swept away. 
straightforward. Wise people build their life on a secure place. Hear me. Wisdom would say, build your life, build your family, build your identity on a firm foundation. Well, how do we build on a firm foundation then? How do we secure our identity so when the wind and waves and troubles and uncertainties come? How, how do we do that? Well, he says here, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, what does that mean? Live according to his word. He says those who hear the truth of Jesus Christ and live according to it build on a firm foundation. See, if the world is like a funhouse mirror that is distorted, the word of God is actually a clear mirror. It is a perfect mirror. It is a clear uh, a reflection, a visual to show exactly who God created you to be. It is unchanging. It is uninfluenced. It is a firm foundation. The, what, what the Word of God says about you. Are you still with me? That is unchanging. So I decided to print it off for you, what the Word of God says. If you, would you just pull this out? It should have been sitting next to you here. It might be on the ground or somewhere near, steal your neighbors, whatever, that's okay. Uh, I decided to just print out, what does God say about you? What does God say about you? And you, you can take this with you. But I felt like it was important. Because if we're going to build on a firm foundation, I think we need to know what it is. What is the firm foundation? Well, the firm foundation is what God says your identity is. Not what the people around you say, not what the TV says, not what someone's spoken over you. It matters what God and his word says about you. And I want to encourage you that what God says about you is so much greater than anything you could ever say about yourself. Okay, let me give you some things. Are you with me? Okay, I got, I got headers. I got, we got some good stuff. I'm not going to read all these verses because that would take forever. <laughs> but we're going to go through the points, right? The first thing is you are valuable. Someone say valuable. valuable. You are valuable to God. Hear me today. You are valuable. You are precious. You are important to the Lord. You are important to him. Here's what he says. Here's what God says to you. He says, I am creator. You are my creation. Breathe with my breath to life. He says, I created you in my image. My eyes saw your unformed substance. God says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know the numbers of hairs on your head, and I know your words before you speak them. God says, listen, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are more valuable than many sparrows. He says, I've given you dominion over beasts, fields, birds, and fish. I've crowned you with glory and honor as the pinnacle and final act of the six days of creation. And this is important. Follow me on this progression here. This is so important. He says, you worshiped and served created things rather than me, the creator. You have sinned and fallen short of my glory. You're like, that, this does not sound as encouraging as I thought it was going to go. Don't worry. Stay with me, okay? Don't, don't leave. You're online. Don't click away like, okay, I've had enough. Just follow with me. You have sinned and fallen short of my glory. And just as I said to Adam and Eve, the penalty for your sin is death. And in your sin, you were spiritually dead. You were children of wrath, living as enemies to me. You turned aside from me. You became corrupt. There's no one who does good, not even one. 
says, what you deserve is my righteous judgment, but follow me here. This is important. Here's what the Lord says about you because you are valuable. He says, yet in my great love, I gave my son so that those who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. While you were still, still sinners, Christ died for you. While you were still hostile toward me, you were reconciled to me by the death of my son. Sin doesn't have the last word. Grace does. And now everyone who calls the name of Jesus will be saved. You who have believed are born again. I've adopted you. You are children of God, heirs of God. You're no longer orphans. You belong to me. And I love you as a perfect father. You're valuable. This is what God says about you. This is the firm foundation. You're valuable. You're valuable. You might think I'm acceptable. God puts up with you, but no, you're valuable. He values you. He says you're new. You are new. He says in my eyes, you're a brand new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Sin is no longer your master. For you died to sin, and you're alive to me. You're finally free from the slavery of sin and death. There is no condemnation for you. All your sins are forgiven. All your unrighteousness has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. He says, you're now righteous in my sight with the very righteousness of my perfect son. You've been saved by grace. You've been justified by faith. You're utterly secure in me. Nothing will be able to separate you from my love in Christ Jesus. No one is able to snatch you out of my hand, and I will never leave you or forsake you. He says, you are new. You are valuable. You are made new. What else does God say? What else does God establish as the foundation? He says, you have my spirit, the Holy Spirit. You have my spirit. He says, you not only have a new father, a father who will never leave you or forsake you, he says, but you also have a new family of brothers and sisters. You're part of the people of God. And together, the life you now live is by faith in my son. He says, look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He says, Christ is in you by my spirit, and you are in Christ. Are you with me here today? He says, stay close to Jesus, abide in him, for your life is found in him. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Don't live by your own power understanding. No, live by my spirit within you. He says, remember, I've given you the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you, and the Spirit will guide you into all truth, help you to obey me, and empower you to do my work. Are you still with me? God says, you're valuable, and that will not change. God said, I made you new, and that will not change. God says, you have my spirit, and that will not change. And he says, you will be transformed. That's change, but it's change for us. 
He says, as you seek me and see more of my glory, I'm transforming you into the image of my son, that is Jesus Christ. He says, one day you will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet sound. He says, when Jesus appears, you'll be like him, because you shall see him as he is. You'll be delivered from your body of death through Jesus Christ, and your dwelling place will be with me. And I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. He says, you'll drink from the spring of the water of life without repayment. And I myself will make for you a feast of rich food and well-aged wine. He says, you'll enter my rest, inherit the kingdom I prepared for you, and step into fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. He says, but most of all, most of all, you will see my face and be where I am. You'll be transformed. And finally, this is amazing. The perfect God says to you, he speaks over you in your identity. He says, you represent me. He says, therefore, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You're no longer darkness, but light. Walk in the light. You're the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Hear these words today, church. He says, I have called you. I have chosen you. You're a saint, a servant, a steward, a soldier. You're a witness and a worker. Through Jesus, you are victorious. You have a glorious future. You are a citizen of heaven, and you are an ambassador for my son, Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, there's even more than this. I just only wanted to do a double-side page because I had to print it for everyone. But there's even more than this. This is a lot of them, right? There's even more than this, that God looks at your life and God looks at you and he says, you are valuable. He says, you are new in Christ Jesus and you have my spirit, the Holy Spirit within you who is transforming you. You'll be transformed and you represent me as my son, as my daughter, as a co-heir with Jesus Christ. See, the insecurity of our identity is often not in what we face, but in what we believe about ourselves. I want you to hear me today. Some of you need to begin to accept that God has given you value and life and authority and inheritance and purpose, not because of who you are, not because of your background, not because you earned something, not because you finally made him happy. It's because he loves you. He loves you. And he says, listen, I don't change. I don't break. Nothing's greater than me, so nothing can take away that love from you. Nothing can change that. It's a firm foundation. He says, hell has tried and hell has lost. Romans 8, 38 says, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, no height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Here's when you're going to begin to feel secure in who you are and your identity is when you finally rest it, when you finally build on a foundation of a God whose love for you never changes who has looked at you with love in his eyes from day one and says that will never change. I will always love you and I will always speak the truth of my word over your life. 
Nothing you have done or will do can change what is true about your identity in Jesus Christ. But you got to begin to believe it today. Will I believe that there's a God who loves me that much? That's usually the hard part. Will I believe that there's a God who loves me that much? Who's invited me into new life? And I want to encourage you. Because when Jesus gives you new life, he takes old titles. Some of you, I'm speaking right to you today because you need to hear this. That when Jesus gives you new life, when you have new life through Jesus Christ, he takes away old titles. See, some of you, you'll read this list today. And you'll say, that's great. Those sound like great Christian things, but what about all the other things that are said about my life? Man, isn't it hard to break those other titles that are spoken over us? We speak over ourselves. Someone's spoken over you because of the trauma or the hurt. See, by our own strength, it's, it seems impossible to break that. But through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, the old is gone, the new has come. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. See, when we die to our old self, that's such an important thing that we die to the old because we are invited into resurrection and new life, our new identity. You are not your old titles and redeemed. Hear me, this is so important. Often what we think is on this, on this, on this, and now I'm a Christian. No. Now, a lot of those things identify your story and are part of your experience, but when you receive new life in Jesus Christ, that is what you are, redeemed. You are not redeemed and. You're not redeemed and a mess and a mistake and a failure. You are just redeemed. You're who God says you are. See, Jesus takes those old titles and he takes them to the cross and he crucifies them there. Don't pick them back up. He's made you new. This is who he says you are. Galatians 2.20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not living that old life because it's gone. And so I don't have to own those old titles. And can I encourage you today? Resist the enemy's attempt to relabel what God has redeemed. The enemy is a liar. He sucks so bad. <laughs> I don't know what the theological principle for that, but he does. He sucks. If you're listening, you suck. Because what he'll do is he'll try to relabel what God has redeemed. I'm very confident of a few things in my life. One of them is I'm not perfect. Just said sucks from stage. I don't know where that falls. But I don't know. <laughs> right? I'm very confident. I'm 100% confident I'm not perfect. And I pursue God with my life, but I'm not perfect, which means I'm going to make mistakes. And if you're like me, when you make a mistake, even if you're willfully pursuing the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is when the enemy comes and whispers to you. Really get, he rarely gets you on like a good Devo day, right? You're doing those devotions, you're in it. Gets you when you feel like junk, when you feel like a failure. And he comes and he says, yeah, you are a failure. He begins to speak those old titles, you're a mess. This is a waste of time begins to lie to you. Come on, you've heard that, right? 
Come on, church, you've heard those whispers, you've heard those lies, you've heard those things spoken over you, spoken against you. Maybe it's just, maybe it's he, some person comes and said it, but you're like, I know that's the devil. Like, it looks like my aunt, but that's the devil, right? I know that's that person that says they're my friend, but they're not, they're speaking old titles over me. They're speaking old things over me. See, the enemy is constantly trying to relabel what God has redeemed. Hear me. If God has redeemed you, he has won. The enemy cannot relabel you. He's raised the banner of Jesus Christ over your life. And since the enemy cannot scale that, cannot defeat that, cannot take it over, the enemy cannot raise another banner unless you invite him in to do it and allow him to do it. You have to say, no, I reject that. If I've been redeemed, that's who I am. John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If you're redeemed, can I just tell you, reject the relabeling of the enemy. Say, that's not who I am. This is who I am. I'm valuable. I'm made new. I have the Holy Spirit within me who is transforming me constantly. And now I walk as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as a son, as a daughter of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How do we resist the enemy? I know it's easy for me to say, like, just resist, just resist him. In fact, man, you guys can come up. How do we resist him? Is that we secure our identity with the truth of God's word. Hear me. We secure our identity with the truth of God's word. Did you know when the devil came to tempt Jesus, uh, there's this great moment, if you've never read Matthew 4, where Jesus is baptized, and he, he goes out into the desert, and the devil comes in to tempt him. And he tempts him by attacking his relationship with God and his identity as a child of God. And he says things, tell me if these sound familiar, if God loved you, he would let you blank. If God loves you, why has he not provided, insert fill in the blank here? And he came, and he spoke again his identity. If God really cared about you, he would do this. If you really want to be successful in life, then you should have this. He even twisted scripture at him. Isn't that crazy? The, the devil knows scripture. He's got it memorized. Just as a heads up, <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad not giving you the heads up that he knows. It's like going into a gunfight with blanks. But what Jesus does is he has the truth of the word of God in his heart, in his mind. And he speaks the truth of who God is. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil and the first part of the armor, he says, is the belt of truth, the word of God. The belt, it holds everything up. It's where you hang your weapons, right? That is a crucial foundational piece of the armor. Some of you, you need to put on the belt of truth because the enemy has been coming and trying to relabel what God has redeemed. And you need to get into the Word and begin to speak the truth of the Word over your life, over your children, over your family, and say, no, 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 this is not who we are. This is who we are. This is who God made us to be. I, I'm not a failure. I'm a testimony of God's goodness and grace. My life is not a mess. My life is a message of God's great mercy. 
Man, every day I testify to who God is. I'm not worthless, and you can't convince me I'm worthless because I was bought with the blood of Jesus. I'm told that I'm adopted in as a son, as a daughter of God. I'm told that I'm a co-heir with Christ, a co-heir with Jesus Christ. I have a heavenly inheritance. You can't convince me I'm worthless because I've seen my worth spelled out in truth. I want to encourage you, if you have this, to take this. I said first service, put it somewhere. Put it on your mirror so when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you hear the enemy begin to whisper against you, try to come against you. Put it in your car. Put it as you're driving to work. Whatever it is that the Word of God would reign in your life where you begin to memorize the truth of God over your life. Memorize it. Hear me. Memorize it. Speak it over your life. Memorize it. Speak it over someone else's life. You know there's someone in your life today who needs to know that they're valuable. They need to know that they're valuable. They need to know that they're loved. Build someone's identity. I didn't say this in the first service, but I was, I was really moved by this song, Run to the Father. Uh, it's a really powerful song, but it's really powerful for me it's really powerful for me because it's my son's favorite song I have a picture of my kid there's Henry he's our son and uh, yeah you can clap for him he would appreciate that (laughs) Uh, if you can't tell Henry's adopted Uh, his favorite song is Run to the Father and I find that profound as the father whose family to which he was adopted in. And my son has never met his biological father. He only knows the father that chose him. And it doesn't matter what familial label was upon him because he's part of our family. And so nothing will change how much I love him. And every day I speak into his life and he loves this song run to the father running and he sings it every day in the car and i i think about that that resonates with me that he understands something even just a little bit about the adoption and running to the father can i tell you that jesus but through the blood of jesus that god has adopted you in his sons and daughters So many of us, we struggle to just accept that. And like Henry, to just sing, I'm running to the Father. And I receive his identity for me, that I'm a son of God. You're like, I know, but I got to prove this. I got to earn that. He doesn't, though. He doesn't. He doesn't. And you don't. See, I'm an imperfect father. God is a perfect father. And I want to tell you today, if you run to the Father, if you give him everything, He will secure your identity in Him. And you will walk secure. And you will walk in peace. And you will walk in a stability and a confidence that defies all earthly expectation. Because you begin to understand your adoption, your sonship in Him. And I just want to invite you today, run to the Father. Would you stand with me this morning? This is my response here today. We're going to do it a little different today. So I love this song. 
Henry's probably freaking out in the back. He can probably hear it being played. He's probably losing it. Gillian told him he was going wild. Now, can I tell you, if my three-year-old can get it, you can, you can get it too. Just don't put burdens in the way. And this morning, if you're here today, if you're here today, and you've been dealing with the anxiety that comes from the insecurity, or maybe you've been dealing with some titles, man, the world, life has put some titles on you. And this morning, God is saying, man, just run to the Father. Let me take those away and establish who I am. I want to pray for you today. And then I'm just going to invite you to respond. Maybe come forward and pray. Maybe kneel down wherever you are. I'm just going to invite you to respond and worship. But if that's you and you're saying, you know what, today I want to secure my identity in the Most High God as a son and daughter of God. I want to run to the Father and receive that. Cast off those old lies and titles, and I want to receive that today. If you're with me, I would be honored to pray for you if you're saying, pray today, Pastor, that I would secure my identity in God and God alone. Would you lift your hands with me? I want to pray over you today. He's saying, I'm going to cast off the old titles. I'm going to cast off the old things, and I'm going to secure my identity. I, even right now, even right now, I'm like trying to tell myself I got to earn it or prove it, and I'm just going to reject that and say, no, it comes through Jesus Christ. Right now, I want to pray over your life, and then I'm going to invite you to respond however you feel led today. Come to the altar. If you literally need to run to the Father, then run to Him and allow Him to free you. Jesus, we pray this morning. We thank you that if anyone is in you, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. It is not by our power, it is not by our might, it is by your great love, Jesus Christ, that we are redeemed, and we're not redeemed and, we are redeemed through Jesus Christ. So now by the power of the Holy Spirit, I break the old lies of the enemy, the old titles, the old designations, the old words of shame upon lives, the brokenness that hangs around and hangs over and hurts us. God, we release it in the name of Jesus. Be freed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we run to the Father today. And just like Henry, we receive the love of God that is for us, that calls us, that claims us, that loves us, that embraces us this morning. We receive it. Who the Son sets free is free indeed in Jesus' mighty name.
powerful is that? I feel like I speak to so many people who are struggling with their identity, struggling with who they are, and they have allowed the lies of the world to be what roots them in is their foundation. But Jesus says, I have something so much greater for you. He has the truth of who you are. And just like Pastor Josh said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So this morning, I pray that any label, any identity that you have accepted as your own, that Jesus has not given to you, that you would lay it at his feet and allow him to speak the truth and the life that he has for you. That piece of paper that Pastor Josh gave you, that is a weapon against what the enemy would tell you. In those moments when he wants to call you a failure, when he wants to tell you that you have no worth, you come back and you say, no, I'm a conqueror and a co-heir with Jesus Christ. You need to know those words. So I do really encourage you, don't let that just live in a drawer in your glove compartment on the floor of your car. Let those words be rooted within you. Read them over yourself over and over again to speak that truth over yourself. And then you get to speak that truth over others as well. You get to be the voice of hope and the light of Jesus in other people's lives. Well, I want to thank you so so much for being with us here at Banner Church this morning. As you leave, two things. One, if this is your first time with us or one of your first times, we would love to meet you and connect with you. We have some people at the Welcome Center that would love to get to know you. Please stop by and say hi to them. And secondly, we have our amazing block party happening. Yes, this is not just awesome for the sake of being awesome. We want to get to know you and build friendship and relationship and also eat really good tacos and snow cones and let our children exhaust themselves on bouncy houses. So join us for that right outside, right after this service. But I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing week. We'll see you back here next Sunday.